Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Rice puddings are found in nearly every area of the world. Nothing describes comfort to me than a warm bowl of sweet, sticky rice pudding. Recipes can greatly vary even within a single country. The dessert can be boiled or baked. Different types of rice pudding vary depending on preparation methods and the selected ingredients. So it's not unusual to find a version that's a favorite during the holidays. And who wouldn't want to have this dish during the cold winter months? It's easy to make, cost-effective, filling, and warms the belly. This is why the Danes love to have rice pudding during Christmas. As well as tasting delicious, their rice pudding is filled with stories of mischievous gnomes, medieval spices, and the Empress of France. So grab a spoon and get ready for the history and origin of this creamy Danish favorite, Riesengroth. Welcome to another serving of Seasons Eatings, the podcast which explores the history and origins of your favorite Christmas foods. Seasons Eatings can be found wherever you download your favorite podcasts. If you haven't already, I would ask you to subscribe. That way you won't miss an episode when it's released. And all future episodes will be available without you having to search for them. And if you can please take a minute and leave me a 5-star review, I would greatly appreciate it. Reviews help others find the podcast and help me know that you're enjoying what I'm doing. And if you let me know you've left a review... I'll send you a Seasons Eatings sticker as a personal thank you. Seasons Eatings is also found on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All the links can be found in the show notes, which can be found at the seasonseatingspodcast.com. And if you're feeling extra generous, you can buy me a coffee. Just click on the little coffee cup at the top of the page and leave a donation for as little as $3. Each donation is used for the running of the podcast and its general upkeep, so any help would be wonderful. Finally, you can let me know how I'm doing, leave a suggestion for a future episode, or just say hello at seasonseatingspodcast at gmail.com. And stay tuned at the end of the show for an exciting announcement. Just a quick note, I'm not a native speaker of the Danish language, so please forgive me if I mispronounce any of the words in this episode. Danish cuisine originated from the peasant population's own local produce and was enhanced by cooking techniques developed in the late 19th century and the wider availability of goods during and after the Industrial Revolution. 
Cooking in Denmark has always been inspired by foreign and continental practices and the use of imported tropical spices like cinnamon, cardamom, nutmeg and black pepper can be traced to the Danish cuisine of the Middle Ages and some even to the Vikings. This recipe for Danish rice pudding is a very traditional and famous dish in Denmark. In Denmark this dish is called Riesengroth, which directly translated simply means rice pudding. Simple rice pudding can be served all year in Denmark, but it's often seen as a Christmas dish. It is served hot and topped with cinnamon and butter, often along with a malt beer. Porridge based on rice and milk may not sound like a luxurious holiday tradition, but in Scandinavia up until the late 1800s, rice was an imported specialty product, not to mention the cinnamon sprinkled on top. Back then, everyday porridge in Denmark was made with water and other grains such as barley, oats, and rye. But at Christmas, you would treat your guests and use rice, whole milk, sugar, butter, and cinnamon. Treating your guests is paramount for the tradition of Jülferkost. There are few traditions that sound more lovely, that in reality are more jarring than a Danish Jülferkost. Jülferkost means Christmas lunch. But that's a misnomer because it's actually Christmas meal that lasts an entire day. It's a wonderful way to spend time with family, friends or colleagues, but for the uninitiated it can be a bit of a shock. Yes, there really is this much food. Yes, you are meant to drink that aquavit in one shot. But don't worry about it. Go with the flow of beer, take what you want and leave the rest. The best part of traditions, aside from the food, is making them your own. Riesengrot is mostly served in the month of December, and especially in the time around Christmas days. In many families, a large batch of rice pudding is made on the 23rd of December, where some of it is eaten for dinner, and the rest is saved for the 24th. On the day of Christmas Eve, the rice pudding is mixed with vanilla, whipped cream, and almonds and it's served as the famous and very delicious Christmas dessert, Risa Alamande. The tradition behind this dish is based on the legend of Nisa, the Christmas elf who likes to play jokes on people around Christmas time. To persuade Nisa to be kind to them, Danes leave Nisa a bowl of rice pudding or porridge on Christmas Eve. According to tradition, hot rice pudding is also the dish eaten by the Nisa, the Christmas goblins. As such, Families with children may put out a bowl of rice pudding for those, and if eaten, it will demonstrate the existence of the Nissa. This usage is derived from the ancient belief in house spirits. In many European countries, traditions linked to Christmas time feature magical creatures who are slightly less benevolent than the American version of Santa and his elves. In fact, it seems that many of these curious sprites are trying to steal or otherwise make trouble for people. If you want to know more about the weirder side of the holidays, you'll definitely want to listen to Craig Kringle's podcast, Weird Christmas. He and I talked on his show about weird Christmas traditions during the medieval times and why spices such as cinnamon and nutmeg are so prevalent during the holidays. You can find Weird Christmas on your podcast app of choice. Danish folklore features a gnome or elf-like creature known as a nissa. 
who lives in barns and becomes particularly exuberant during the Christmas season. If treated well, the Nyssa can be helpful. But if treated badly, they may retaliate by stealing small items or harming livestock. So, in the Christmas spirit, Danish families would leave a rice pudding for them. In the winter of 1984, Timothy Tanglerini worked on a dairy farm on the Danish island of Funen. One day, while brushing cattle in the barn, he spotted a tiny man in a hat sitting on the back of one of the cows. When Tangerlini tried to speak to the stranger, the little man jumped out of the barn window. Assuming it was a trick, he told the couple that owned the farm about the encounter. They both shrugged. That was Anissa, they explained. Tangerlini is now a professor of Scandinavian folklore at UC Berkeley. Whether or not one truly believes the tales, the barn-dwelling house elves known as Anissa have been figures in folklore across the Nordic region since for at least the late Middle Ages. Farmers believe that surviving a hard winter depended on the Nissa's whims, which were mercurial. Keep your farm's Nissa happy and he'd make sure your milk stayed fresh and your livestock remained healthy. Disrespect him and you might find your cow dead in the morning. So a family that wanted to stay on their Nissa's good side could offer him a tasty present. On Christmas Eve, before the harsh winter had truly set in, farmers left a bowl of porridge in the barn. Every day, porridge was made by boiling barley, rye, or oats in water, but the Nissa received something special. A luxurious, sweet porridge of rice, boiled in milk, and topped with butter. And woe to the person who forgot the Nissa's butter. In one story, a milkmaid decides to play a trick on her farm's Nissa, hiding the butter beneath the porridge. Seeing his offering ungarnished, the Nissa flies into a rage and kills the family cow. When he finishes his meal and realizes his mistake, he solves the problem by stealing a neighbor's cow and delivering it to his family's farm. Even though most Danish families no longer live on farms, the tradition of leaving an offering to the Nissa continues today. Just as American children might leave cookies and milk for Santa Claus, many Danish children leave a bowl of Riesengrot, a type of sweet porridge for the Nissa. While the tradition endures, though, the Nissa himself has changed. The historic Nissa was a powerful supernatural being, but modern depictions have reduced him to something of a jolly Christmas elf. The Nissa that beamed out from holiday cards today are a far cry from the dangerous Nissa of Christmas past. As farming industrialized throughout the 19th century, it lost some of the frightening unpredictability that fueled superstitions. Anmet Martian Andersen, a curator at the National Museum of Denmark, says that the Nissa was a way for rural farmers to explain seemingly random events like illnesses among livestock. They had these thoughts because they couldn't explain bacteria or things like that, she says. As people gained a better understanding of agricultural science, the Nissa didn't need to serve the role of scary scapegoat anymore. While making Riesengrot became more affordable and widespread among the common people, wealthier Copenhagen citizens would make this dish more exclusive by adding whipped cream, almonds, and vanilla. They would often borrow French words to make things sound particularly sophisticated, so that's how Risa Allemande got its name. Another tradition related to serving Risa Allemande is to add one whole almond to the pudding. 
stirring it deep into the bowl. The lucky recipient of the whole almond wins a special prize. But don't be fooled by the French-sounding name. It does originate from the French riz à l'amande, rice with almonds, but the dessert is no more French than French toast. And some families make a large batch of rice pudding up for dinner on the 23rd and keep a part of it for preparing riz à l'amande as a dessert after the big Christmas dinner. Others eat the hot rice pudding as a part of the Christmas dinner, usually as a starter and more rarely as a dessert. This is often regarded as the older tradition than the riz à l'amande. On Christmas Eve, a whole almond is added to the dessert, and the person who finds it wins a small prize, such as a marzipan pig, a chocolate heart, or a small board game. The finder may conceal their discovery as long as possible, so that the rest of the company is forced to eat the entire dish of riz à l'amande, even after they've already devoured a large Christmas dinner. Riz en grot is very easy to make. You only need four different ingredients, rice, milk, water, and some salt. All the ingredients are poured into a large saucepan and boiled for about 35 minutes. However, you do have to remember to stir the rice pudding once in a while so that it doesn't burn the bottom of the saucepan. If you're making the rice pudding for the Danish dessert Riz Allemande, we suggest you add the vanilla from one or two vanilla beans and the empty bean to the rice pudding while boiling it. Also, leave out the salt. It's believed that Riz Allemande was created in the late 19th century. Riz Allemande was clearly inspired by the classical French dessert Riz Allemande Empress Rice, which is more solid, shaped in molds, and decorated with raspberry jelly. We'll find out how this simple rice dish gets the French royal treatment after the break. Do you long for those casual Friday nights spent in on the couch, cuddled up with a blanket, maybe some delivery pizza without a care in the world? Then I have the podcast for you. Hey, I am Matt, and I am the host of TGI Podcast. As a product of the 1990s, I want to go back and take a look at all of the classic TGIF shows, as well as many other classic sitcoms from that era, to determine if they truly are a holiday classic. We've got you covered with Halloween and Thanksgiving in the fall before we go full steam ahead with Christmas in December. Come give us a listen if you want to take a trip down 90s Nostalgia Lane. I know you. You're tired of the same old joy of human compassion overflowing generosity and quaint, totally anxiety-free coziness of the holidays. You need Christmas to get a little bit weird. I'm Craig Kringle, and I've got you covered. On the Weird Christmas Podcast, I talk to a never-ending garland of writers, historians, filmmakers, and rampant weirdos who do their best to make sure we don't forget just how beautifully odd this holiday can be. We cover everything from Krampus to Christmas werewolves, the real winter elves like the Scandinavian Tomten and Nissa, to Iceland's 13 Yule Lads. And every year we share a good old traditional Christmas ghost story to keep things festive. I also host an annual flash fiction contest so we don't have to read Dickens again. So if you're a real traditionalist who wants Christmas to get back to its roots of creepy monsters, acknowledging the frozen, lifeless heart of winter and eating animal heads, come over to the Weird Christmas Podcast. Or check out weirdchristmas.com and all the surreal vintage postcards I share on social media. 
So Merry Christmas, and here's hoping Krampus doesn't whip you off to wherever he's from. Riz à l'impératrice is an elaborate molded version of rice pudding in French haute cuisine. Rice pudding is mixed with Bavarian cream, set in a charlotte mold, turned out, and then decorated with candied fruits macerated in alcohol such as kirsch or maraschino. The famous American food writer Craig Claiborne described this elaborate French rice pudding as the finest and most elegance of rice desserts. French chef Auguste Escoffier created it and named it after the wife of Napoleon Bonaparte III, Empress Eugenie de Montillo, Empress of France from 1853 to 1870. Marie-Hélène Bellac writes that the origin of the name Rice for the Empress is debated. For some, the Rice for the Empress would have been created in 1810 for the Empress Marie-Louise, or, according to others, in 1860 for the Empress Eugenie. The first mention in a menu and printed of Rice to the Empress is in La, La Gironde. On February 9th in 1869, it would have been served as a dessert for a banquet of lawyers from the Bordeaux Bar. The new and final emperor of the new French Empire, Napoleon III, fairly quickly set about finding himself a suitable bride to provide him with an heir, or several. After being rejected by a couple of European royal princesses whose families had no wish to ally themselves with a pretentious upstart, he chose Eugenie de Montillo, a beautiful woman with aristocratic Spanish blood. The marriage took place in 1853 at the Tuileries Gardens in Paris. Urbain Dubois and Jules Gouffet were cooks for Emperor Napoleon III and Empress Eugenie de Montillo. Urbain Dubois, in 1864, wrote at the end of his recipe for rice bread to the Empress. Rice to the Empress is also known as a rice dish prepared in a dome mold in alternating layers with apricot marmalade, then chill for 25 minutes on salted ice cream. And later he gives another frozen dessert, apricot bread, to the Empress. He is the first to mention this recipe. Jules Gouffet is the author of the complete canonical recipe. He cooks his rice pudding in a cream with vanilla bean, cooking for one hour in a bain-marie in the oven. He sautéed an almond, pear, apricot, green plums, and cherries with syrup and maraschino in a pan. The rice is then churned in an ice cream maker, creamed with whipped cream, shaped in a mold. He serves this rice with a cherry sauce. Gouffet had given a variant in 1867 where he made the rice cake with an Italian meringue before icing. Finally, Gustave Garland adds raisins marinated in kirsch to the fruit in 1889. The culinary connection for us today is that this is the empress for whom dishes styled à l'impératrice are named. These dishes classically contain rice, although I have no idea why this is so. Perhaps the empress had a special liking for it. The great Escoffier, who was responsible for creating many dishes in the name of famous or royal persons, was born in 1846, so was a child at the time of the wedding of Napoleon and Eugenie. Nevertheless, his version of Ries l'Empératrice is a classic. This is no boarding school or nursery rice pudding. If you compare it with the Empress pudding from the very English Cassell's Dictionary of Cookery, 
ponder as to whether this is simply another take on the classic name for the Eugenie, or it was named for the other empress, Victoria. To make the rice pudding, you'll need 8 ounces of rice, 1 and 3 pints of boiling milk, a pinch of salt, a vanilla pod, half an ounce of butter, 8 ounces of caster sugar, kirsch liqueur, maraschino, gelatin, half a pint of thick cream, half a pint of English custard cream, and an apricot syrup. So you wash the rice, put in plenty of boiling water, and boil for two minutes. Drain off the water, add the boiling milk, salt, vanilla, and butter, and simmer for 10 to 12 minutes, and then add the sugar. Pour the rice into a bowl, cool a little, and flavor with kirsch and maraschino. Add the dissolved gelatin and whipped cream to the custard cream, and mix with the rice. Pour into a mold, and leave to set. Unmold and cover with apricot syrup, flavored with kirsch and maraschino. After World War II, Riz Allemande experienced an increase in popularity, being touted as a savings dessert. Adding whipped cream, which was easily available to the still fairly expensive rice, would make the rice last longer. In order to minimize costs, Riz Allemande was frequently made without almonds during this time too. While the Nyssa has lost its edge, the tradition of paying delicious tribute to him with porridge remains. Families still enjoy some recent groth on December 23rd or 24th, often pairing it with a Christmas ale, a type of very light seasonal beer that often features Nyssa on its label, or black currant juice. Remember, if you make rice pudding this holiday season, your pudding should be served piping hot with a knob of butter and covered in cinnamon sugar. Covered. Let the butter melt, but don't stir it all in. Nibble like a nissa from the edges. Leave them a little recent growth this holiday season, and they might even leave a present in your boot. But forget, and they might hide the toaster. Or move your shoes. They'll play tricks to remind you. Some exciting news, Seasons Eatings is coming up to its one year anniversary. I want to thank each and every one of you who have taken the time to listen, subscribe, and share this little podcast. It's truly been a wonderful, exciting, and enlightening experience creating this small delve into food and Christmas history. If you know someone who loves food history and Christmas, I humbly ask you to let them know and share the podcast. That's the only way we can grow. Again, thank you to the couple hundred people who have already subscribed and followed this podcast. And stay tuned in May when I'll have a special surprise for our one-year anniversary. Thank you for listening to this serving of Seasons Eatings. Seasons Eatings is available on Apple Podcasts, Google, Stitcher, Deezer, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And please, if you can leave a review about the show so we can spread the Christmas cheer. I would love to hear from you. You can send me an email at seasonseatingspodcast at gmail.com and just let me know if you like the show, suggest future episodes, or just chat. 
If you let me know you've left a review, I'll send you a Seasons Eating sticker for your trouble as well as my unwavering gratitude. And also, if you're feeling extra generous this season, you can buy me a coffee. Head on over to SeasonsEatingsPodcast.com and click on the little coffee cup. Each small donation helps with the daily running of the podcast and is truly appreciated. All music for Seasons Eatings is used under the Creative Commons license. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.